in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, everybody say all, filled with the Holy Ghost, amen. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, amen. I'm thankful for the new birth experience that I have partaken of. Amen. Let's let's lay your Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. God, I praise you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the touch of heaven that we felt in this place. God, I'm asking that you would anoint my mind and my mouth tonight. God, that I may say and, and God, that I may portray the thoughts that you have given to me. Lord, I pray that only your word would go forth in this place, not my preconceived ideas, but your will is accomplished in this service. We thank you for your grace and your mercy tonight. <coughs> we give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's worship. Let you may here tonight. Well, amen. We'll go as long as I can talk. Amen. <coughs> well, glory. Pray for me as I try to do this. Amen. <coughs> Praise God. Well, last couple of weeks we've talked about how <coughs> we are now in a new era of time. And I'm not going to go through all seven dispensations again. Um, you can... Go back and listen to the previous lessons that are out there on the website, I think. <laughs> Amen. If I remember to put them up. Amen. And so, <clears throat> I, um, speaking of which, if anybody is willing to help me in some after-service quick little things that can help us wrap these things up so that I don't let them sit in the back burner and, and not get done for a long time, um, there are very simple little steps that we can take. And they'll, they'll probably take you as a whole, taking if, if my, my daughter's been helping me with the money after service. I like to get away from the pulpit and go talk to everybody before you go home and greet everybody, especially when we have guests. And uh, if I have to try to get all of the offering counted and, and save the recordings and push them up to the Internet and all that stuff, um, People are listening to them. That's the only reason why I keep doing it. Um, <clears throat> and so we'll just, if, you, if you'd if you be willing to help me, let me know. And I'll show you how to do it. It's very simple stuff. But you know what? <clears throat> the seven dispensations, uh, we've talked about them at length a couple of times now. I'm not going to go into them tonight. Go back and listen to that one. I'm pretty sure that one's on the internet on, in our, in our sermon, sermons archive. Uh, we also talked about how that the birth of the church was not done in a corner, but it was done in the very middle, in the very heart of Jerusalem, where a lot of people were there to witness what was going on in the city of Israel. Amen. It started on the feast day of Pentecost, and we talked about Pentecost last week, and that's where I got hung up. We didn't get much further. In fact, the day of Pentecost is coming up in a few weeks. Amen. Remember, from Passover, it's 50 days from Passover. Amen. And that's, that's how we know when the day of Pentecost is. And, and we're going to have Pentecost Sunday coming up before too long. 
And uh, I'm, I'm excited about Pentecost Sunday. We'll, we'll, we, I'd like to do something um, special for Pentecost Sunday, amen, just to, just to kind of drum things up and help us realize, hey, this is, this is a, a day we should commemorate, amen. We, we should have Pentecost every day of our life. Can I stop and say that? You should be experiencing Pentecost every day in your life. You should be reaching out to God on a regular basis and letting him refill you day after day after day. Amen. Well, glory. Just like we should be celebrating his resurrection every day. Not just once a year. We should be celebrating the fact that he was born. Not just once a year. Amen. We should be coming before him with thanksgiving and giving him glory for what he's done for us. Now, I heard somebody say this, and, and, and I thought it was pretty good, so I'm just going to repeat. This isn't original with me. They said, you know, Christmas, I'm sorry, Easter was all about him, but it was all for us. That was pretty good stuff. It was all about him. It was about what he had to go through. But who was it for? It wasn't for him. It was for you and me. Praise God. Amen. It's a fact that he did it for us. Amen. He was born. He was born because he had to go to the cross. Amen. That's a whole other lesson for another time. But now we have the, the Feast of Pentecost and and 50 days after the Passover was over with, amen, then you had the day of Pentecost, amen, and then it started, I believe it was a week-long feast uh, called the Feast of Weeks, amen, or the Feast of the Harvest, amen. This is the first time that they began to celebrate and, and begin to offer up uh, offerings unto the Lord from the first uh, reaping of the harvest, Amen. Again, I'm not going to go into that portion at, at, at this time. <clears throat> but God, I believe, and I declare to you tonight, just because it happened on the day of Pentecost, yes, we can tie everything together. Yes, we can put it all together in a timeline and say, hey, because of this, uh, in the Old Testament, this law was put here and this law was put there. And all of these things were put there as a representation of what God was going to do in the birth of the church and what he had in store for us. Amen. And, and I don't want to get too down into the weeds, but I want us to understand God was showing us through the law over and over and over again the plan that he has had all the way since the beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. We know God had a plan. We know that God intended to come himself and to shed his blood on an old rugged tree so that we could experience salvation. And it was all done in God's time, which is the perfect time. I wish I had a voice tonight. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. The reason, the reason for the rushing mighty wind and the cloven tongues like as a fire. I want to talk about it. I want to unpack this just a little bit tonight. 
Brother, Brother Mendez, you may have to come finish this message tonight if my voice don't give in. Don't help me out tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 3 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Can everybody say, it sat on them all? Amen. Let's say it again. It sat on them all. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. This, this was there signifying that God was going to be in our midst. Amen. It signified that God was there in their midst that day. Amen. I, I don't have time to really unpack this because I want to get to where I feel like I need to be tonight. Amen. But I, I want you to think about this with me. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he gave Nicodemus some insight as to what was going to happen on Pentecost Sunday or whatever the day Pentecost was. Amen. That it landed on that year. Amen. But when Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, look, amen. The wind blows where it wants to go, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it came from or where it's going to go next. Amen. And he said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We know, we know that that simply means that, <clears throat> that we are going to have a sound associated with our salvation. It happened in the book of Acts chapter number 2. <clears throat> Praise God. Maybe I can hear myself better with this one. I don't know. Amen. I'm just worried that I'm going to start, it's going to start yelling at me again if I turn it up too much. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Well, I can hear myself much better there. Praise God. Well, <clears throat> Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat on each of them. Everybody, amen, had the cloven tongues set upon them. Amen. The Holy Ghost came upon them. In verse number 4 we can see, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, this is where I need a sound man. I keep getting text messages about the sound, and I need a sound man. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. I'm taking this watch off. I'm going to try to focus. Man, I, I feel so much distraction right now. I feel so much stuff going on. I, I believe that God wants to give us a revelation of some things tonight that will help us in our walk with him. And this all began at your house, Brother Blue and Sister Rini, and it's been eating me alive for days. I told you probably was birthing. A message right then and there, I haven't even fleshed out what we talked about that night. But I want you to understand there are so many things that we have 
at our fingertips as Christians, as children of the Lord. We have power. We have strength. We have anointing. We have healing virtue at our fingertips. Now, this is not me trying to drum up an idea of, hey, we are going to be dominionists and we're going to dwell over all the principalities of this area. No, I, I submit to you today that we are in subjection to the spirit world. We as human beings, we have one situation where we have to go through, amen, and we have to subject ourselves to the Spirit. Amen. Now, I will tell you tonight uh, that it is very possible, it is very uh, uh, probable that some people, uh, well, let me back up just a little bit. It is not just probable and it's not just possible. It is a fact that if you're not submitted to the Holy Spirit, uh, you are submitted to a another spirit. Amen. There is no doubt in my mind that we have to be subject to a spirit of some kind. Amen. We need to be sure that we are subjected to the Holy Spirit. Amen. That He can lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen. The Spirit of truth is that which will come, which we have experienced through the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that he was going to go into heaven. He had to go away so that he could come again anew and afresh. For one reason, so that he could be in us and give us the power that we need. Now, I'm going somewhere. Just ride with me for a few minutes tonight. But I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that we, as the people of God, we need to realize who we are, and what we have at our fingertips. You can call me crazy. You can call me a fanatic. You can call me retarded. You can call me whatever you want to. Special. I don't care what you call me. But I want you to understand, if you can somehow get what I'm talking about tonight, my friend, you're not going to struggle with your faith and with living for God. Without what? It is impossible to please God. Without faith. Without faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, it's hard for us to grasp. I've heard preachers say, I don't even try to explain what faith is. I've heard them say that before. When, when the, it's very clear what the Bible tells us about what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith, faith is that thing that pleases God. And he said you must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not just anybody is going to uh, tap in to the depths of the glory of God. Not just anybody. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some people that reach out and get a hold of God through faith. But they never experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, there are, there are people that have been well known as faith healers that didn't ever have the Holy Ghost, but God used them in a mighty way. He did. Only because they had faith. Only because they had faith. I, I've, had, I've, had, I've had so many different situations, and there's, I'm not going to get into all of this, but, but I just want you to understand, God has a plan for every child of God. And Jesus himself, in Mark chapter number 16, tells us that every believer, something's going to follow them. And he, and these aren't my words. This isn't Pastor Hilton's words. This is Jesus' words. He said, and every believer shall have signs following them. They shall speak with new tongues. Am I telling you the truth? Just so you know, this isn't in my notes. But. I'm going to Mark chapter 16. If you've got your Bible, I want you to see these things for yourself. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15. This is the same discussion that we find in Matthew 28, and we read 28, 18, 19, 20. Amen. Jesus is calling. This is called the Great Commission. All right? You with me tonight? The Great Commission, Jesus says this to his disciples. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Man, that's a whole bunch of stuff right there I could unpack. I just want you to understand, you must believe and you must be baptized to be saved. You can't just believe and be saved, and you can't just be baptized and be saved. You've got to have both. It's a necessity in your life. In fact, Jesus himself, these words are read in my Bible. And, and it said this, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, and, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents and they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now I said this at, at the Howells home the other night. And I'm going to repeat it tonight. I'm not saying this to hype anybody up. I'm hoping that you get an understanding and a revelation of what I'm talking about tonight. Sister Tori, you have the Holy Ghost. 
And with the Holy Ghost, that makes you a believer. A bona fide believer. Can I say it that way? Because God's put his mark on her through the evidence of speaking in tongues. We're going to get to that back in here in just a minute. But my Bible teaches me that every believer is going to have those signs follow them. Not just the preachers, folks. It doesn't just, now, now I will say this. Later on in the scripture, it says, if, if you need healing, call for the elders of the church. That's the pastors. Okay? That's the pastors, elders, pastors, bishops. All of those were, were, were uh, synonymous words there throughout the New Testament. But I, I just want you to understand that I believe that you could raise up enough faith that God could use you to pray for somebody. Now, I, I, I do have to say this because I know that there are a lot of different areas in Pentecost that practice where anybody can lay their hands on somebody else's head. I know that's a practice. Can I, can I establish something here? That's not how we operate around here. The only ones that will be placing hands on people's heads in prayer should be the ministry. Because that depicts authority. Anytime you grab a hold of somebody's head, you're taking, a, you're taking control of them authoritatively. You with me tonight? And so that's why it's not okay for just any old saint, especially if that saint's been sinning a lot. Because there, there is what's called a transference. A transference happens through the laying on of hands, man, I, I'm 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 opening a whole bunch of different things. I'm going to have to come close him up over the over the course of time. But I want you to understand when the law said that they were to bring the bullock, the sin offering, to the house of the Lord to do to to be sacrificed as a sin offering, a replacement for that man's sin. What did the priest have to do? He had to put his hands not just on him anywhere. He had to place his hands upon his head. And he transferred the sins of the sinner to the bullock. This is not the only time. You can keep going throughout the whole entire scripture and you'll find time after time when a, when a man, uh, when a prophet, when a priest were to lay his hands upon somebody, it was always upon the head as a symbol of transference from God down to this man through the one who he had chosen, all right? And so that's why around here we, 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 you don't see just anybody just laying hands on other folks, all right? And, and, and I just want you to understand there are reasons for that. I just haven't had time to unpack it. I tell you what, I sat down one day and I began to think, man, I need, these people need to understand this. And, and I got to studying something else and I'm like, man, we really need to teach this. And, and I started studying something else. I'm like, man, I got to get this taught to the church. I'm like, man, how am I going to get all this stuff taught to the church? Don't have enough time, Brother Tuffy. 
I don't have enough time. Even if I was doing it eight hours a day, every day of the week, I don't know if I would have enough time to unpack everything that's in the Word of God that God wants to reveal to mankind. But I can tell you this much, I'm going to do my best to get as much as I can out there. And I'm hoping I'm whetting your appetite for you to go home and open your own Bible and you begin to study what I've told you for yourself. Amen. Let me tell you something. There's no better revelation than the revelation that you get that comes directly from God. I can teach till I'm blue in the face, but if God doesn't give you a revelation of what's being taught, it's it's just going over your head day after day, time after time. And I just want you to understand, as we began, amen, to go through, and I'm talking about going and praying for folks. You find out somebody's sick. Hey, do you mind if I come and pray for you? Amen. It's all right. Hey, I want to come and pray for you. Is that okay if I pray for you? And if they give you the go-ahead, why don't you just reach over, grab a hold of their hand, put your hand on their shoulder, and pray for them. Amen. And you can pray the prayer of faith, and you can see God work in their life. I said, you. Everybody say me. I got that power. You got that power. You want to know something even crazier? The same power that raised Jesus out of the grave. <laughs> it's on the inside of me. You know what that means? I have access to the power that raises dead to life. I have a God who created us, who is still the master physician, and he knows us better than anybody else. And he's still serving, he's still allowing us to tap into his glory. And he's allowing us to find those places through faith. I've got a sister today. She's, I don't know what her position or title is, but she's, she, is, she is over my, my aunt's accounting firm, and she's, help, she's, she's actually helping my mom. My mom's actually under her, working for her. Is that right? And, and you've got to understand, my sister, I, I believe that she's a very intelligent woman, I may be a little prejudiced, but I'll say this. There was a day, Brother Donnie, that my sister's future wasn't looking well. I don't, I don't have a lot of time. I didn't mean to come and unpack all this tonight, but here we are anyhow. We got, I still got one more thing I need to unpack before we get out of here tonight. But I want you to understand, Brother Donnie, my sister had what they, what they called epilepsy. Everybody heard of epilepsy? Anybody heard of, not heard of it? Amen. Epilepsy, uh, my, my sister at, I don't know what, two, three, and she was older than that. She was in first grade when we moved to Olathe, I think. I don't know. So maybe five, six years old, somewhere in that range, and, and we began to realize that there were some things not right. And she would go into these uh, uh, zones, and, and she would zone out. And we didn't know what was going on, but those were mild seizures, I, I, I guess. And, and, and then later on, as, as she got older, they began to progress, and they began to get longer. And they had her on medication to, to, to help suppress the attacks. And she took the, that medicine every day, 
I know at least once a day in the morning time she would take them at breakfast before we went to school. Now, all that being said, I think I told this to Brother Tuffy the other night, this whole story, but um, I'm going to try to just give you the, the Reader's Digest version. And uh, we, we went, um, my, my grandfather passed away. We had moved to Olathe. My grandfather passed away, and we started going to school there in Olathe. And we actually lived down the hill from the school, so we literally, our backyard bumped up against the school property, and so we just walked to school every day. I, Mom made sure that I walked her to her classroom, and then I'd go do my stuff. I was in the fourth grade. <clears throat> and that year, my wife's family came to Olathe and took the pastorate in April of 1996. I don't know when the services actually transpired, but Brother Robert Davis came and he preached our, my, my father-in-law's installation service when he was installed as pastor there in Olathe. And as he was preaching that Sunday night, he was preaching about faith. And he looked at the congregation and he said, if you can somehow suppress any doubt that you may have, and you can come to the front of this church right here and right now. God's going to reach down and he's going to touch your need. And he's going to fulfill the, what you've been praying for. Now my mom, I don't remember. I was on the other side of the church as a young boy. But I do know this. My mom made it down there with my sister. And Brother Davis and my, my father-in-law prayed for her. And there wasn't thunder, and there wasn't a lightning that came from heaven. There wasn't even a shout down that I can remember. But I do know this. We went home that night. We went to bed. We all felt great. Our faith was high. We woke up that Monday morning. We were going through our everyday ritual. I got up. I'd shower. Make my bed, go downstairs, eat my cereal or whatever mom had laid on the table for me. And then Becca would come down and she would do the same. And every time by her bowl, mom had her medication ready. And I'll never forget that morning, Sister Rini. My mom looked, my sister got down there to the table. She hadn't even sat down. I remember it like it was yesterday. She hadn't even sat down at the table yet, Brother Mendez, and she, she looks, and she saw her medicine, and she picked it up, and she walked over to my mom, and she said this, Mom, I don't need this anymore. God healed me. And my mom turned around. She was at the kitchen table looking out the window. And she turned around and she said, Becca, are you sure? And my sister said, Mom, Brother Davis prayed for me last night. God healed me. She had faith. And God honored the faith. And that girl hasn't had another seizure since before that day. And now she's, she's running books for all kinds of different companies. It takes some head knowledge and some, some brain power to do that, some more than, I, than what I've got, all right? And so 
Thank God he can heal. I know he can. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Sister Susie Shaw. Just ride with me for a minute, guys. I, I'm, I'm trying to build some faith, number one. But number two, I want you to understand, I've seen it, so I know God can do it again. And I'm looking for him to do it again. I'm not, I'm not playing games with the devil. He can try to destroy my faith. But I can tell you this today. We're going to see some great and mighty things around here. I'm not after just the signs. I'm not just after the wonders. I'm after the glory of God. And when his glory begins to fall, all of these things begin to transpire. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the, the Sunday morning, we were up there. I was playing the drums on the platform, and I'm, I'm up there worshiping and playing the drums. Next thing I see is my uncle comes around the corner, and he's deaf, and he's trying to get my father-in-law's attention. And my father-in-law was leading the service, and finally he stopped the service and said, I don't know what's going on. He said, but i got to get to the back of the church. They're trying to get my attention, something fierce. And he got off the platform, and he went back to the back, and they ushered him into the women's bathroom. And and, I, I, and as he walked in the women's bathroom, he looked, uh, and there was Sister Susie Shaw sprawled out on the floor, dead as, as, as can be. And there was a nurse already that had gotten into the bathroom, and she was working on her, trying to revive her. And, and my father-in-law said this. Uh, he said, I walked into the bathroom, and I saw what I saw. And he said, all I could muster out uh, was in Jesus' name. And as soon as he said, in Jesus' name, that nurse uh, stepped back. Uh, and Sister Susie Shaw got up off the floor. And she said, what in the world's going on? Why is everybody in here? Amen. And she began to wonder what in the world just happened. And that nurse, uh, after they had taken Sister Susie to the hospital just to check her out and make sure everything was okay. Amen. By the way, everything came back all right. Amen. But, but that woman, uh, that nurse that was there that day, she came to my father-in-law and she looked at him uh, and she said, Sir, she said, I have seen death uh, almost on a daily basis. Amen. But today uh, I know that that woman uh, was dead and they would have pronounced her once they got her to the hospital. Amen. But she said, that woman got up uh, and she walked out of here. Let me tell you, my God can still do it. My God can still do it. I'm telling you, there was another night. Uh, my mom was working with a woman, uh, and she was driving a bus, and she couldn't drive for many weeks uh, because her eyes, uh, he meant something had gone on, and she couldn't see. Uh, he meant her eyes were swollen completely shut. Uh, he meant she had been to the doctors. They didn't know what was going on, and they were trying to figure it all out. She came down, and, and when she walked in, she had to have my mom lead her down to sit down in a, in a pew, and I was reminded of this this week. Weekend because I saw Brother Herring. He meant the first revival he had ever preached for us. This is what happened. He meant this woman came down. She sat over by my mother-in-law that morning, that day, that evening. He meant and she was there and and she at the end of the service. He meant Brother Herring invited folks down. She came. Somebody led her down to the front and he reached down and I was there on the side of her and he laid his hands on her and almost instantly, my friends, I watched as. God touched her eyes. The swelling completely went away and she was able to open her eyes and the next thing she said, I can see, I can see, I can see. Let me tell you, don't just take a preacher to do that. Somebody had to go pick her up that night. 
Somebody had to bring it to the house of the Lord so her faith could be built. I'm trying to appeal to the people of God today. God wants to do some great things in this last hour, but we've got to have some faith. We've got to have some faith. I'm going to be teaching about that more. Because there's so much more that we ended up talking about that night. Uh, he meant at the house home uh, that, that I, I still want to get out. I don't think it was meant just for them, uh, but I believe that it was meant for this church and possibly this weekend we're going to be preaching about faith all over again. I don't know. All I'm going to do is let the Holy Ghost have his way. But I want you to understand some things. The world today wants us to be happy with just coming to church every once in a while, feeling a good touch of heaven, and going home. But let me tell you something. God's not satisfied with mediocre services. God's not satisfied with mediocre Christianity. God's not satisfied with just going through the motions. Look, I'm not a traditional preacher, and this isn't a traditional church. We're not here just to go through the motions, but we have come that God could have his way in our lives and ultimately have his way in our lives in those around us. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. All this being said, I think I'm just going to have to start going through these notes and seeing what's still applicable and what's not and moving on and going on somewhere else. But I just want you to understand, there's one last pit that I want to I unpack real quick, hopefully real quick, is this. Something happened in the book of Acts after the Holy Ghost fell. There was about 120 folks that got the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost. About 120. Brother Mendez, can you help me out for a second? I want you to read for me Acts chapter number 2. I want you to start with about verse number 5. Start reading, I'll tell you when to stop. And there dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, Jews, devout men under every nation, under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. It was what? Every man heard him speak in his own language. What did that verse start with? It was noised? It was noised abroad. Abroad. Everybody understands what it means to be noised abroad. It went everywhere. People were talking about it. You know how it lays seen. One little thing happens and the whole town knows about it. This is what happened in Jerusalem. These people got filled with the Holy Ghost. The next thing we know, it was noised abroad. Everybody was talking about it. Go ahead. The multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go too far, start that verse again. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak. The multitude did what? Were confounded. They were confounded, but they did what? They came together. They came together. So not only were they all talking about it, it must have been such a talk that it stirred up some interest. 
And they began, anybody ever saw a house on fire before? Anybody ever wanted to see what was going on and make sure that everything was okay just because curiosity got the cat? You ever had anything else? Well, you ever been driving down the highway and all of a sudden the, the, the traffic begins to stop and the wreck's not even on the highway and people are just stopping and slowing down to a crawl so they can see, hey, I want to see how gory this was. I want to see if it was if it was a, a, a nasty one or if it was a not so nasty one, so I can tell somebody what I saw later on. Well, this is what happened. It was noised abroad. Somebody got the interest of these people, and they came together. The multitudes, meaning thousands of people, showed up that day. Go ahead. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold. Are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear every man in our own tongue. Now, wait a minute. Are you reading that right? I think so. I got to make sure. I'm picking on him. I want you to open your Bible to Acts chapter number 2. Because I want you to see something. I'm going to read it from another translation in a minute. But Acts chapter number 2, verse number 6, it said they came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, my Bible says because that every man, understand, every man heard them speak in his own language. I don't, you're not getting what I'm saying. Say it again. And were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. Because every man, now in this room tonight, every one of us, can hear me speak in your language. And maybe this isn't exactly how other folks would explain this, but I'm just reading to you what the Bible's telling me. Every man heard who? Them. Them. The almost 120 that were filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in his, it didn't say some of them, did it? It said them. Oh, come on now. Every man that was there that came in the multitude because of what they heard was going on, hey, there's a bunch of crazy people over here. They're babbling a whole bunch of weird stuff, and they showed up, and all of a sudden, when they showed up, Brother Tuffy, Every man that showed up that day heard all of the 120 speaking in their own language. Now, I used to think about it this way. They heard some of them speak in their own language. Where they walked up and they heard, like Sister Tori, she'd be lost in the Holy Ghost. They heard her speak in their own language, say Italian or whatever. 
And then they heard Brother Blue over here talking in Italian as well, but they didn't understand what the other folks were talking about. That's how I used to think about it. I got to studying this thing. And you begin to think about this. Think about it. Every man, the Bible, in the Bible words mean things. Every man heard them referencing the 120 speak in their own language. What is the significance? All I'm trying to get across to you tonight is you, it sounded like garbledygook when you were standing next to your buddy. And there was no way in the world I was talking in tongues like he was talking in tongues. Peter and James and John most likely weren't saying the same words in their own ears. But somehow, God used those people that day speaking in tongues that they had no idea what they were saying. It says it more than once in here. That was the first time. Go on. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean? These are Galilean folks. They, they don't know these other languages. Go ahead. And how we hear every man in our own tongue. But we hear every man in our own tongue. <laughs> every man. God is doing a miracle right here. What's he doing? Go ahead. Go on. Every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Uh-huh. Perithian and Mede. Uh-huh. And you can keep going and keep going and keep going. And all these different languages. The Bible says, I looked at one, one place and it said, hey, there was, there was people from Iraq there. There were people from Rome there. There were people from Egypt there. There were people from all over the world, of the then known world, there in Jerusalem that day. Thank you, Brother Mendez. Amen. I am here to tell you, when God began to fill them with the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. It sounded, they didn't understand one another. They didn't understand themselves. They were just speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, which means the ability to speak. That's all that word means. God gave them the ability to speak. And as God, they begin to speak in other tongues. I'm here to tell you how I have seen this in the Scripture of late is the fact that this is not just a man, uh, not a bunch of different people speaking in a bunch of different languages. These people in their own mind, they're thinking, hey, I'm speaking in an unknown tongue. And to them it sounds like uh, it, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound legible or or. or uh, not legible, legible is readable. Um, it, they don't understand it, is my point. But God used that, and he made it understandable to others around. God did that. Well, what does that mean? All it means is God's still in the miracle-working business, and he uses tongues Still to this day, there's so, so much to unpack around the speaking in tongues. Amen. Let me tell you something. It is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But what I did want to stay on from this point forward, and I'm going to try to wrap this up. Sister Tori, if you want to come and help me try to land this plane. Amen. I, I, want, I want to say this. 
I've said this one-on-one with so many different people. But let me tell you this. I want us to understand as the people of God. You can pray and you can speak in tongues. But if you don't change, you're not praying through like we say. Let me tell you something. You may speak in tongues a lot. But if there is no fruit to bear witness that God is there changing you, then you are just babbling words that you have learned just to go with the flow. I'm not, I'm not trying to tear anybody down. I'm not trying to tear anybody apart. But I just want you to understand, the only thing that can tell, that, that can help you understand whether or not you're praying through and praying into the place where God wants you is when God's able to continue to work on your heart and change you. Let me tell you, you're not going to get the Holy Ghost. You're not going to get filled with the Holy Ghost and walk out the back door of the church and go and start cussing like a sailor. It's not going to happen. It may be a day or two later that you do because you've allowed yourself to become more stagnant in the Holy Ghost. That's a whole other subject for another time. That's why it's important that you pray every day and allow God to refill you on a regular basis. And I, I want you to understand, I strive on a regular daily basis. God, fill me again with the Holy Ghost. Does that mean I break through every single day? I'm sad to say, absolutely not. I wish to God that every day that I was able to. But let me tell you something, I'm striving, Brother Blue, every day to get to that deep place in the Holy Ghost. Amen. That God can minister in my heart and mind. And when I reach those places where God is inviting me in to intimate places with Him, I don't want to waste those times. Amen. Even if life is crazy, even if life is busy, God, help me to take the time to spend with you because I know, God, there's going to be a dry part in my life coming down the road that I'm going to need all the extra power that I can muster up in this moment. Amen. I'm here to preach to you tonight. Amen. God wants to use you in mighty ways, but the only way he can do it is if you're allowing him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. I hope you're hearing me tonight. God is calling you. God is calling me, God is calling this church to a deeper place in the Holy Ghost than we've ever been. But let me tell you something, it's not going to be easy getting there. Amen, it's going to be uncomfortable at times. It's going to make you want to, amen, you're going to have strife rise up in your life while you're trying to pursue these things. But all I can say is pursue, amen, and you will recover all if you will pursue after God and let him fill you all over again. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are so many, there are so many ideas out there in this world. There's so many places out there in this world that are. Oh, Jesus help me. That are teaching false things. But God, help us to know. It's up to you, my friend, to know what's right and what's wrong and to stand on your own two feet for what's right. Can we stand to our feet tonight?
And can we ask God to instill in us the power of the Holy Ghost like we've never known it before? Can, are you willing tonight to commit to God anew and afresh? God, here I am. And God, I want to go deeper in the Holy Ghost than I ever have before. God, and I want your spirit to change me. If that's your desire, won't you let God know, God, I need you. God, I long for your touch today. God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Help us tonight, God, to be who you want us to be. Oh, God, help me to be the vessel you need me to be. God, I want you to use me in the miraculous like you've never used me before. God, I want to be sensitive to those that are around me, God. God, I know it will happen in your perfect time, just like the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God, I know that you have great things in store. I don't want to just go through the motions of life, but God, I want to get a hold of you like never before. In the name of Jesus, let's cry unto the Lord for a moment here tonight. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. These altars are open. If you want to spend some time in prayer, I invite you. Why don't you come? Why don't you devote yourself to him and doing a fresh tonight? Let the Holy Ghost have its way in your life tonight. Let it fill you all the way up from top to bottom. Oh, Jesus, we love you. I want you to use me, God.
hands and let him know, Lord, I want to be more like you, Jesus. God, I want you in my life. God, I need you like I've never needed you before. Jesus, I'm asking you would give us strength today. Let us be what you need us to be. Let us walk with you, Savior. I love you, Jesus. I magnify you today. You're wonderful, Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want him to change my heart. I want him to make me who and what he needs me to be. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I love each and every one of you. And uh, we have. This week and next week, there's a man. I'm uh, a little bit worried right now. When is Joshua? All right, we got Brother Tuffy and Sister. Buffy, Buffy's wedding going to be on the 29th. What time of the day? Huh? On the 20th of May. Okay. Why did I, I don't know why yours was on the 29th. I had you in my head. It's even on my calendar that it, yours is on that day. Because I have another wedding. That I'm going to be at on the 29th. Josh and Michaela's wedding is going to be on the 29th. And uh, so, weddings. 
It's that time of year, I guess. Amen. So, so May the 20th for Brother Tuffy and, and Buffy. And uh, we're going to be there to celebrate with them and have a good time. I look forward to meeting new people that, that weekend and uh, just having a good old time. Amen. Um, this week, I wanted to make you aware, not this week, but the 30th. So the 29th is the wedding, and then the 30th is our friends and family day. And so just FYI on that, um, I'm going to be, uh, we're going to be posting about that on social media come Monday is what I'm planning, hopefully, to get that started about and reaching out to the community and uh, try to get information out there so that we can invite folks. And uh, we're going to have a dinner after service on the 30th. And uh, have a good time. It won't be Sunday school that day, just just FYI. And uh, we should have a little baby here, another Mendez, should be in church soon. And uh, so any day, any day, amen. Praise God. All right. I think that's all the things that we have as far as announcements are concerned of things coming up in the very near future. Um, and we will, we will be announcing, I'm hoping by next week to have a decision um, on when we're going to do, let me ask this question of those of us that are here tonight. How many of you would be able to come to a prayer meeting and a Bible study that we have on a different part of the week? I don't know what day yet. Um, and what what we're looking, what I'm looking to do is to try to open up a little bit of time. Um, right now, I think every night of the week, my I'm. I have something going on somewhere, and I'm not complaining about that, but also uh, would like to spend a little time with the family, if at all possible. And I know many of you guys have given me that liberty at times just to take the night off and go do that, and I appreciate that. But what I'm, what I'm looking at is maybe combining it, um, and I want you to help me pray about it, what day of the week that would work. Um, so let me ask. I'm not going to ask that right now. I want you to think about it and pray about it with me. And the reason I'm I'm thinking along these terms is so that we can have something that's set in stone that we won't be moving often. I know the last several times, if people didn't show up, we just moved it or we did it something different. I think we're getting to that place now as a church that, we need to set things in stone and don't move them as often. And so what I'm looking at, I've talked to Brother Mendez about this, is the times that I'm out of town, he would be able to step in and help out with those Bible studies as well as uh, he and I talked about him helping out with Bible studies one-on-one -on -one as well. And so looking forward to that, I, I heard that some of you already talked to him about it, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. Excited for that, um, <clears throat> but also would like to start seeing some 
folks that aren't as involved um, get involved in some of those types of Bible studies. And this another this is another venue in which we can make it not so formal. I know Wednesday nights, this is more of a formal service, right? We 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 don't have a lot of back and forth while we're while we're up here. And then what I'm looking for is more of a dialogue style Bible study like I do with my one-on-ones, but uh, opening it up to others. Amen. And so I hope that makes sense to everybody. Help me pray about it. Let me think about it. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll establish something. Uh, if we don't even make a change, I'll let you know one way or the other. But this is what I'm thinking about uh, because I, I feel like once we start having folks come in those back doors and God starts filling souls with the Holy Ghost, we're going to have to have some kind of venue in which we can reach multiple people at a time. And uh, I understand that you can't replace one-on-one, and I, I don't want that to entirely go away. Um, but we're going to have to make it uh, manageable and uh, maybe even having some of you other ones start helping me in those endeavors. And uh, we, as we help others grow, we in, in turn, we grow. And uh, I, I will also say this, um, the best teacher, the best way to learn is to teach. I know that sounds crazy, but I can promise you that a lot of my learning throughout life has come through teaching, through me teaching, because I'm getting my hands in the Word of God, I'm studying, I'm digging it out for myself so that I can understand it well enough to speak it. And uh, anyhow, so if you have a, a, a burden to help others, let me know as well. I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of praying, a lot of thinking about, okay, I feel like we're I don't know if this makes any sense. Every church grows, and every time that we reach different levels, you have to make a, a transition because you're now moving into different realms as a church. The more people that start coming, the more things that we're going to have to take into consideration. And uh, I'm thankful for having more people, but if we stay with a smaller mentality, we're obviously not going to continue to grow forward. So anyway, I want to see the glory of God fall. And I want God to be not bound by my limitations. Amen. That's why God's given me each and every one of you. Amen. And that's why I preach what I preach tonight. Because I want you to understand you have what it takes to help grow the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? All right. God bless y'all. We love you. Amen. Uh, it's... This week it's my family's turn to clean the church, so I'm I'm trying to get better about these uh, announcement things. So anyway, God bless y'all. We love you. Y'all have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you in just a second. Amen. God bless you and dismissed in Jesus' name.